this is what is beauty to your host, Matteo Pascale. You know, recently I got my best set ever recorded on video. Uh, that set happened to be at the Pine Box, which is short for the Pine Box Rock Shop. You know, it's interesting thinking about how good that set was. Because in the past, I've only had negative interactions there. Anyway, that stuff has been a, that stuff has long been over since COVID started. It's like another world. Anyway, just paraphrasing what the video title was about. It was basically paraphrasing and throwing out old material, or throwing out material, or in a more positive light, you know, just retiring some jokes because I'm fucking sick of them. The reasoning behind why I retired those particular jokes are is mainly because I outgrew them. To seriously display to the public that I retired the jokes that I'm speaking about, I posted a few weeks ago on various places on the internet with the transcript reading about these retired jokes. This is when I'm quote I'm quoting myself what I wrote on YouTube and my website. I wrote, well, it's official. Matteo Pascale is throwing out this material and set of jokes. Time to write better stuff to go into my set. The video consists of Matteo Pascale doing an open mic set at the Pine Box Rock Shop on November 16th, 2022. Ooh, what a mouthful. So looking at my bullet points and then just narrating. I'm, I'm doing a little, trying to be less, less scripted, more looser, but also scripted at the same time as I don't want to like contradict myself, whatever. After saying that, here's the presented audio from the Pine Box Rock Shop of the best set ever of the material I'm officially retiring. When they uh, uh, first start getting to know me, they assume I'm a homosexual. Because I get it, I have the personality traits of being dramatic, theatrical, neurotic. But if anything, I'm like a lesbian. Because I have more of the time, have a chip on my shoulder, and often have a belligerent haircut like Rachel Maddow. <laughs> yeah, she's a handsome sea cow. Uh, new material. <laughs> yeah. You know, recently I was on a date with this bitch I was seeing. <laughs> and I was like, I was on a strict budget. And this story, by the way, never fucking happened, but you better believe it's funny. <laughs> um, I took, because I, this bitch I was dating, this, I took this girl, I was on a very tight budget to the Harlem Dollar Theater to see the original showing of Shaft. Like, you better believe it's like, Shaft, you a bad motherfucker. And after the film ended, we were outside standing on the street curb, and she was horrified, mortified, disturbed, baffled at why I took her to see that movie. So I said to her, why do you think? So I can get knee-deep in some pussy. That is a line from the movie Shaft. You better believe it. Anyway. I had a really good pandemic because I was working in an office while everyone was working remotely. Because, like, I was working in an IT security department at a company, so everyone's working from Zoom or Skype. But me and nine other guys had to come in every morning at 10 to 5 to man the servers and IP addresses. And I loved doing it because my boss at the time, Derek, was a pathological liar. And he was bad at it. He was a bad liar. Every time I caught Derek in a lie, I'll pwn him on it. 
He gives like an example of how bad of a liar Derek was. Thank you. Um, Derek was like basically like a guy getting busted on the show cops with two of the biggest crack rocks in his pockets. Yo, bro, opposite. I don't have to tell you, these ain't my pants. Perpetrator went that way. Okay, that was a new one and it does not work. <laughs> One minute, Mateo. Thank you. Oh, look at the light. I am looking at it. Oh, okay. Sorry. I see it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was talking about this. You know, like, during... Uh, I know a lot of gross guidos, personally. <laughs> and, like, I recently went on a Vegas trip with nine guidos. And one of the guidos in their group was like, I'm just going to call him Porky Pig because he looked like a swine of a person. And, like, I remember this forever. It was, like, 10.30 in the morning. We're in the top penthouse suite of this casino. The biggest room in the whole joint in the resort. And, um... Porky Pig's in the bathroom, and I hear him scream, Yo, we ain't got no toilet paper! Where's he going with this? He comes waddling out of his boxer's cock hanging out in a white towel covered in shit stains. And he throws the towel into the hallway. And I was like, what is wrong with you? There's not one but two bidets in your private bathroom. And then with his many rings, he looked at me and said, Who do you think I am? I ain't using that faggot shit. The reasoning why I made the decision to officially retire those jokes are partially, um, are mainly in life I no longer relate to that material and feel it's no longer relevant to my life anymore. I know I'm repeating myself a lot in this segment, but anyway, just say, just putting my foot forward, I, I, I just say I digress, and I want to move along the show. I would like to talk about the fact that the FBI officially labeled TikTok as a United States national security risk and threat. Like, no shit. And it's really interesting thinking about a few years ago, Spitting Image called it before everyone else did. If you don't know what Spitting Images is... It's a United Kingdom or UK political satire television show that uses puppets. Hi everyone, I hope you love TikTok like I do. I especially love how it has no links to the Chinese Communist Party. Sir, the Central Committee is delighted with the latest TikTok numbers. Not now, Jen. Some people say that TikTok is a conspiracy to steal private data. That's silly. TikTok is for fun. So I am going to show you a fun new dance called the Xingping Shuffle. It is easy and everyone must do it. I mean, should. Hit the music, Jen. Put your hand on your head, just like that. Then lean to the side and lean to the back. Get your face in tight on your camera and give us a close up of each retina. Hit the floor with your pangolin, then type in all your bank card pins. The Xingping Shuffle is all the rage. Shout out your name, address, and age. Xi. Xi Jinping. The People's Republic of China. 67 and hot. The Xingping Shuffle should not be missed. So we'll send this link out to your contact list. And that's the Xingping Shuffle. Make sure to like and follow. And don't worry. I already follow you. Anyway, back to my point. You know, what I learned throughout the years of privacy, especially on the internet, 
It's a farce. There is no privacy on the internet. Everything and anything will be hacked eventually. Just look at the Panama Papers. I guarantee it's only a matter of time until the Swiss bank is hacked. Not like, I'm just waiting for it to happen. Anyway, you know, like, I do have a TikTok, but I almost never use it. I remember once TikTok gave me $500 because apparently the Communist Party of China, I guess, liked my comedy. If you're sitting there and criticizing me about uh, getting money handed to me from the Communist Party of China, sit down, as Trump would say. That money, in most cases, is going to be used for, one, to pay taxes, or two, to buy household needs, which both benefit United States. I've always held the belief of to survive capitalism by any means necessary, especially living in New York City, which is an absolute vampire that bleeds money out of you. Getting back to TikTok, I've always found it extremely strange when I watch the beat of Ari Melbourne or MSNBC when he uh, plugs his social media that he has a TikTok. My main criticism is the fact if you know the app is run and owned and operated by the Communist Party of China, why even use it? I thought Western journalists were supposed to be against the narratives of mainland China. And I don't even want to hear that both sides crap argument. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. I know some of my Republican listeners are going to excuse the actions of mainstream Republicans supporting and doing apologetics for Vladimir Putin. That's not my point. Like, uh, that's not what I'm arguing either. I'm arguing about in regards to some MSNBC hosts having TikTok accounts. My argument is more about, like, uh, liberal Western journalists who are, that are against human rights violations and censorship are using the app promoted by a country that does it worse than anyone else in the world. Western journalists, like, I'm more like MSNBC and CNN, more or less, who hosts use TikTok are using an app that's uh, run by a country that does the opposite they preach. I guess if they're trying to make money off of it, that money goes back in the U.S. taxpayer system. But that's that's a moot point in my book. Also, just to be clear to everyone out there sitting on the fence about what I'm saying, let's be real. There are no clean hands in history, ever. Every country, every society, and etc. has done horrible things. And the best thing to do is just learn from these mistakes and move forward. Oh, fucking hell. Jesus. It's, is today's episode fucking grim? I want to lighten it up the mood and just give uh, give my plugs. Anyway, for, I guess my plugs for this month because I've decided only plug once a month. Uh, you can check me out on the, the, the Crooklyn Comedy Discord server. All the listed social media in the episode description box. As well as on YouTube, all the episode in the description box for the video or audio on the RSS feed wherever you're listening to this. And mainly check out the Kirkland Comedy uh, website, KirklandComedy.com, with the monthly blog posts. And uh, additionally, um, if you support me, uh, check out the Patreon tiers. I don't have any Patreon supporters for my own Patreon, but I don't care. If you like it, maybe consider it. I also have merchandise on the Kirkland Comedy website. Anyway. Getting back to my main point, uh, I, I really don't have one for this next segment, but I would like to say here is some more underground, secretly recorded music from the subway.
let me just tell you, those guys singing in that secretly recorded audio, I have not seen those guys since mid-2018. And let me just tell you, in person recently, they looked cracked out. A hobby of mine is creating sound composition. Recently, I've been working on the sound aspect for my current student film for film school. I use this bizarre Japanese novelty instrument called an automaton. Or at least I think that's what it's called. Here's the basic noise it makes. Also, besides that noise, also here are some basic sound effects that can be made from the automaton. An alarm clock. A small bird. A first responder. An old door. A random engine. Rubbing your teeth with styrofoam, if relatable. Seagulls. Cows. Fireworks. Back to my main point about using my own automaton for the sound composition for my most recent student film. Well, after a ton of experimenting, I could not get my automaton sound composition piece to fit with what I was trying to edit together for class. So I was like, fuck it, I'll air it as a segment part of my podcast, let us be idiots. The sound composition that I made using my own automaton feels like something straight out of a Dune remake. I'll let you be the judge of that. Let it rip.
within the last few weeks of secretly recording audio on the New York City subway system, I managed to get three really interesting things on my way to various doctor's appointments. First off, I managed to get some Hare Krishnas at Union Square. I got a guy playing the cello beautifully by the Barclays Center subway station. The three train to be precise. Finally, on the W, I got this amazing full song coverage of whoever these two guys are. I don't know who they are. Doing an amazing cover I secretly recorded of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Californication.
other people as well ask me often why I only release podcast episodes in audio format. Well, today I officially answer that question. I mainly only release the Let Us Be Idiots podcast episodes in audio format as a way I can only label as control or even better, controlling the flow of the episode and or controlling the episode's narrative. It's just something to think about out there. And that goes with said, controlling both the flow and narrative implies editing. Lots of editing. Like, think about it. If an album is produced and edited, a book is produced and edited, a novel, both fiction and nonfiction, is produced and edited, your comedy podcast about you should be produced and edited. That's all I have to say on the issue. This is going to be an interesting segment. Last night at an open mic, I got confronted with some unwanted criticism. I'm not going to give this person the satisfaction they want by mentioning them by name. This person's criticism was, basically, 
I should delete the Greg and Rob podcast episodes that feature Terrible Tim. Because those episodes only push conspiracy theories even more. And I basically said to this person criticizing me, I ain't deleting shit. Those podcast episodes that deal with the twins mean a lot to me. Like, a lot. I was the one that saved the archives of every single episode from the original series archive of that show. Because of me, I saved that podcast. It's because of me, I saved that podcast. I repeat, I'm the main reason the original series archive episodes even exist. Because I just hooked the time to save them on flash drives. As I repeat again, those podcasts of the Greg and Rob podcast series are very important to me. For a deeper reason, I'll explain in the future eventually. But secondly, if you don't know who Terrible Tim is... He was an extremely vulgar right-wing conspiracy theorist on YouTube and local Staten Island freak show. Terrible Tim was a person that was immune and impervious to facts, reasoning, thinking, and no amount of argumentation would ever convince him of such, or other people of his conspiracy theory ilk, to stop being cancerous. Anyway, back to the unwanted criticism. This person was going on about like how I needed to delete those episodes that featured Terrible Tim as a protest in response to all the public mass shootings that have been happening lately across the country. I said to this person, do you think you'll get me to listen to your demands? Come on, like, really. They immediately backed off. But the main reason for talking about this stupid exchange on air is, uh, is to make this clear. I'm uncontrollable. And finally, for this segment, I'm a strong believer that control is just an illusion. By the time you're listening to this or follow my Instagram page, as I posted on the Kirkland Comedy website blog section, a new blog post that's a response to an article from The Onion. I've had the idea of playing with that article for years. It's been in my chopping block for a very long time. I absolutely idolized the writing styles of George Orwell, George Orwell published articles of various books, reviews, and responses, and basically those writings were the very loose inception that influenced me to, to finally writing my response to Onion article I'm, I was mentioning. Anyway, I'm not going to say any more about it. I'm not going to spoil the blog post or what it's all about. So if you're interested in reading the blog post or my latest blog posts to come, just go to KirklandComedy.com and look for the blog section. I've been thinking a lot lately how to satirize properly Herschel Walker, the guy who's running for the Senate from Georgia. I've been trying to brainstorm for the past two weeks very hard. Something within me came out that was just magic. Because I'm always watching reruns of Family Guy or streaming it. And I realized he sounds exactly like the Family Guy character Floyd Weatherton the heavyweight champion. So I edited together some of the craziest remarks from Herschel Walker and spliced them together, trying to make almost like an interview situation with Family Guy's character Floyd Weatherton. But I just think overall it works better as an expose of how punch drunk both of them are. <laughs> anyway, so I'll, I'll let that rip for you. I think that they are they are gonna have they are gonna be fighting Deirdre's last fight in the contrast to the later one is gonna be better better than usually. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. But right now, I think people need leaders that's gonna go to Washington and represent them. Cain, Kia, Abel. Well, uh, the match lasted about up, up until the particular inaccuracy, particular unusually that that should be the ultimate determinant factor in about the 12-round experience. 
hot of a champion margarine hat. You know, and uh, you know, that's the problem that we have. And I said, what we need to do is look into how we can stop those things. You know, he talked about doing a disinformation. What about getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at uh, women that looking at uh, just social media. What about doing that, looking into things like that, and we can stop that that way. But yet, they want to just continue to talk about taking away your constitutional rights. And, and I, I think there's more things we need to look into. This has been happening for years, and the way we stop it, by putting money into the mental health field, by putting money into uh, other departments rather than departments that want to take away your rights. I have a strong headache when I go to sleep and wake up. We've got an administration that, that, that they're not leaders. You know, I think they got to remember that the song Michael Jackson said, the man in the mirror, you got to look at yourself and see what's going on. A broken promise is a lot like a child's pinwheel. You have to be yourself or at least within the confines. At one time, science said man came from apes. If that is true, why are there still apes? My Puerto Rican wife got fat. Recently, I was experimenting with media. I uploaded to YouTube a pseudo-quasi-visual blog. I uploaded it uh, pretty much on the Tuesday after Thanksgiving weekend. The video I'm talking about was titled on um, my YouTube channel and website, Kirkland Comedy YouTube channel and KirklandComedy.com, NYC Graffiti and Other Things. The YouTube video I'm talking about was a visual commentary presenting the best and strangest graffiti I found throughout all five boroughs. At this point, everyone should know, I'm of course going to be presenting the ripped audio of it. Let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> Officially starting the Vivid series with the first given image. This is me at age 19 or 18. I can't remember. It's been so many years. But in an undisclosed location within America. And as you can see, I'm next to or standing in front of a quite attractive uh, graffiti mural. That it's uh, depicting, I think, something about pizza or a very... It looks like it has a chef on it. I know it was at the side of a pizza place. But I do very much admire how bad my haircut looks in this. <laughs> that was back when I had a mohawk and it would gel it up for punk shows. Anyway, as we keep moving forward... As you can see, this graffiti on the bathroom stall of a White Castle on Staten Island says, I suck dick for free, with the person writing their own cell phone number. The backstory of this interesting uh, graffiti piece I found in Staten Island was uh, um, when I was in the bathroom of a White Castle before a show. And here's the photo of the show. It happened uh, at the former com uh, the venue, Comic Book Jones, which is a comic book store. Um, if you can see the photo, it, it doesn't do it justice. That venue was packed that night, July 1st, 2017. Anyway, um, I did bomb horribly. That's when I first started doing stand-up. The, going back to the original graffiti of I Suck Dick for Free, those were in the same day. And, um, it was kind of, like, I immediately took the photo, and, um, a lot of, all of these photos are on my Instagram, and I realized the reason I'm doing this is because my Instagram followers are very different following than my YouTube subscribers. So I want to blend the content. I'm very much into about recycling content for the better of uh, one's followers. 
this is a graffiti drawing on the side of a white van of Rick from the Rick and Morty show on Adult Swim, which is a cartoon. I'm pretty sure everyone's aware of it who watches this or will watch it. But what I find interesting about this is um, how crudely done it is and unrecognizable it is. You really have to know the reference, like in the back or in front of your head, to really know it's Rick. Anyway, um, I took this, of course, it was walking around Bushwick in the middle of the day. And of course, see a white van with Rick from Rick and Morty drawn on it. I assume it's with like some kind of like, industrial-sized marker. Definitely doesn't look like spray paint. This example of street art taken on the New York City subway in the height of the Donald Trump administration during 2018 clearly displays what it's about. There's really not much I can add that's original to what this is. But it, as I said and stated and repeating myself, it clearly states as an art piece what it really is. It definitely is street art because it takes place in the New York City subway system and it is technically vandalism. So... I'll count it. Plus, it's also humorous to me. This particular street art is actually very interesting backstory-wise. It was painted every Saturday for years by some drug addict who was homeless. What's really interesting about it, if you don't know the backstory, the guy in the neighborhood who was, in, who was a homeless guy who was painting this on the street was a huge anti-Semite publicly. And this art piece and street art technically is an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. Stating Jews are behind 9-11. I don't believe that. I'm not repeating it. I'm just saying it was very subtle how he did it. And I think it has to be one of the most subtle art pieces of anti-Semitism ever made. A, a lot of times the guy who would paint it, would, uh, instead of a cross, would paint over Star David. But right, I haven't seen the guy in almost three years. Maybe he died of COVID. But the last time I saw him paint it, it had a cross on it instead of a Star David. Uh, I'm not promoting that shit of anti-Semitism. I'm just saying the guy who painted it. So when he, the reason he took the photo with the cross on it what was the only time I saw it really happen was in this photo we're looking at. He's because I just felt like it had a better energy than when he was being anti-Semitic. But anyway, um, no, really, I haven't seen that guy in years. I wonder what happened to him. At least since COVID started, I haven't seen him. He's either dead or somewhere unpleasant. Holy God knows. Ooh, that's it's getting morbid. I gotta get to the next slide. I find this particular graffiti I spotted in 2018 to be absolutely hysterical. It's of Jordan Kepler from Comedy Central's The Opposition, and someone either who's alt right or who's trolling, pretending to be alt right, wrote liberal propaganda poison. Or someone who's a fan of Alex Jones because he's supposed to be parroting him. Either way, I was surprised at how many comics, like in around 2018-2019, were unaware or didn't know about the show The Opposition with Jordan Kepler. And if you don't know what it is, here's a little clip I edited of like three seconds together to give you a good highlight of it. Attention, couch soldiers. They're lying to you. The mainstream establishment has poisoned your mind. They say we should investigate Trump. I say impeach Hillary. Yeah, I hope you got the gist of what the show is about from that uh, three-second clip. I gotta move on to the next slide. For how peculiar Bushwick is, I find it even more strange that there is a mural that once stood somewhere in Bushwick of hentai. If you can't tell, the tentacles are all over this girl or... Cat girl. 
whatever. I have mixed feelings about hentai, and I shouldn't be admitting them, but uh, guilty as charged. Anyway, um, what can it add to this uh picture or this mural? But like, it just it's hentai. That's what it is. It's peculiar. It definitely is graffiti and street art of hentai. This particular uh, graffiti piece is on a construction site right by my place. And what I find interesting about it, it's really a knockoff or ripoff of Keith Haring, but not as good. Like, it has all the same structure of his original prints or graffitis, but with none of emotion or talent. I feel like there's some talent, the fact he's ripping the guy off via Keith Haring, but in a really simplistic way. But that's just my opinion. I really like this miscellaneous photo taken right by a few blocks from the Intrepid, the museum in New York. I just love the colors of it. It honestly reminds me of something of like the Caribbean or the West Indians, the West Indie Islands, I guess. Um, mainly because of the colors. It has a good feng shui to it. That's why I took a photo of it. And um, I think, and honestly, I can definitely Photoshop it in the future to make it interesting design or pattern for something. But that's all I really have to say for this one. This was taken in April 2022 of this year. It's a framed original print of a futurist art piece located in the Italian Cultural Institute. I was at an event there and I saw this hanging in one of the rooms and I absolutely had to take a photo of it. It doesn't count as street art graffiti, but doesn't... It, stuttering a bit. Sorry about that. It definitely has the feel and colors of street art or graffiti often use. Futurism is definitely my second favorite type of art. I think my first favorite um, is definitely graphics, but like particular type. Like, I mean, I was re-watching recently the movie Helvetica, the documentary, and the designs in there I love to look at. This is fairly obvious. It's a street art painting, a mural, I guess, on the sidewalk of a cherub or what could be of Cupid. Either way, it's pretty obvious, pretty explanatory. I do like this particular mural and street art. It's very simple, but also very elegant. It's almost like a neo-Renaissance kind of look to it. Well, that's what you get because a Renaissance painting is always obsessed over cherubs and Cupid-like creatures and angels. But, um... I'm not taking credit for this. I'm just commenting on it. You can go follow the artist who tagged himself underneath it. The next two slides are of the same image from different perspectives. Honestly, it's a great mural on the Upper East Side, but I can't make heads or tails of it. But what I can say, it looks somewhat fascist. I'm not saying artist is, but it has like the element because you're like horses and... Um, ugh, sorry, my words. Because they're... It looks like officers or soldiers on mounted horses or mounted on horses. I'm, I don't know anything about horses. Uh, I guess mounted officers of the law of sort dressed in black with batons. And a clock and clockwork orange is affiliated with right wing thought. It's a proven fact. I might be reading too much into this, but that's what I see in it. And um. I'm going to be, as you can see, I'm flickering through both photos back and forth to give like almost an animation-like perspective. I really don't have much to add to it. I, I do admire it as an art piece, but it is peculiar. That's on the side of a building like it is. Also, the great, the angle of that brownstone, it, it just works with the, like, the blue pigment of the sky 
and the building behind all of it just works I think what's interesting to me about this piece of graffiti on the sidewalk I absolutely forget where I found it in the city but the way it's worded it says you work Democrats eat it can be of one of two one of two schools of thought a slash one the person's an anti-capitalist or two the person is a die-hard alt-right Republican either way it works I'll let you pick which the person is, ideological-wise. This particular graffiti I find absolutely hysterical. It reads, Ayn Rand would consider you weak. Shrug Atlas. I'm not delving into the Ayn Rand imagination land crap, but I have to imagine the fact that this was in the, st in the stall of a dive bar in Brooklyn, not Bushwick or Williamsburg, but like by the Barclays Center, makes it even funnier to me. And the fact that I spotted it, I applaud myself, as narcissistic that, as that sounds. There's really not much I can add to it. It's very simplistic. It's written out what it states, and that's what you get. Honestly, you know why this particular image and slide is in this uh, video slash show. You down with a yo mama sauce marinara? Yo mama's marinara? Uh, that is all for this one. It's so obviously... And it's ridiculous, and that's why it's in here. Okay, a relative gave me this as a birthday gift a few years ago, and reflecting on it, I think it might be a hate crime. What I like about this particular graffiti art piece on a bathroom stall at a dive bar in the Lower East Side is that it really reminds me of a Western parody-styled anime. Not to make fun of Japanese-style anime, but in tribute of it, like... Avatar, The Last Airbender, Martin Mystery, Totally Spies, I guess Legend of Korra, and possibly, no, and, and, and the Boondocks. It has like the Western uh, meets a Asian um, anime factor, if you kind of get what I'm saying. more like It's more similar to the Boondocks, with some of the characters have eyelashes, or Totally Spies, whatever. But I, but I digress. Um, the, the next... Slides are going to be entirely a compilation of anime. Within the month of July, my father took me to a very interesting gallery showing. And he saw it in one of his long walks throughout the uh, borough of Manhattan. He came across this gallery and looked at the window and said, Oh, I have to take my son here. And he was right. It was an amazing expose in his art gallery of like anime slash street art styled canvases and spray paints of anime characters. I have no idea who the artist is, and I uh, asked the gallery curator if I, they have a art copy of the book of the pieces there, and he said they don't because the book the guy has affiliated with his gallery works is out of print, so like they didn't have one. I normally don't ever buy those because they're outrageous, but I felt like this was the one time I would. There are only two artists I would buy their like gallery book. It would be Ai Weiwei or um, fuck, who was that guy's name? Uh. I'm blanking on it. The guy who made... Uh, just Google cynical realism and then all his artwork will come up. Something Ma. Jack Ma, I think. Did a college course on, about him. Anyway. Getting back to the anime paintings. I, I absolutely love these paintings and graffiti works. I just fell in love with them. And it's really interesting about the fact that these works is that they ranged anywhere from a 1,000 to like 10,000 to a million being the highest. The million dollar ones were basically like the size of an entire wall. And I'm like, who has space for that? Who lives in the city? 
that's got to be like a mansion, like it's somewhere in the country or suburbs that they truck that giant canvas to their place. Anyway, but I really do love the style of artwork, and anime is an, it's a personal favorite of mine. I'm much more of a fan of Western cartoons collectively, but there were like maybe four animes I'm a diehard fan of. The rest of it, just it's a lot of garbage. But this, this is some quality art right here. Now that we're talking about design, or have been talking about design, these are my designs, my t-shirts. I've made these and designed these, and this is me trying to rip off Supreme's design. Because let's be real, Supreme rips everyone off. Anyway, yeah. So if you like these t-shirts, uh, go to the Kirkland Comedy website and look for the merch shop section. And look at all the merchandise we have available or I have available, I have made ready for you. Uh, click what you like and look, and, um, and there we go. And uh, to finish it off, here are two white tees with my uh, Supreme rip-off design on them. This was taken at the movie theater. The theater in my area has always had a fantastic installation of this film scene from Safety Last, released in 1923. Lastly, I'm showing off my neon sign of Crickland Comedy. Because it was worth it. I'm gonna cut it. I've been putting together this very episode for the past five or more weeks. First, I'd like to take a minute to congratulate myself. I recently released a Let Us Be Idiots podcast clip that's completely one of the best things I ever put together. The clip was making fun of how inarticulate Herschel Walker is. That Let Us Be Idiots clip, as of now, on YouTube, is close to 300 views and got 2,000 plus views on TikTok. The next statement has nothing to do with my recurring guest, Rushy Shackelford, but I've said it before, but I like repeating it. I find it offensive when other comedians record podcasts with poor audio quality. Recording a podcast with bad-sounding audio is a hate crime. Now carrying on with the recorded dialogue with recurring guest and let us be idiots, Rusty Shackelford. <phone rings> Jesus, Rusty. Making me wait 20 minutes to, like, what are you, Michael Jackson showing up to court 20 fucking minutes late? When you're the world's greatest, you can show up whenever you want. People will wait. Oh, that really ruined that really ruined that momentum of that Chris Rock joke. Is that a Chris Rock joke? One of his specials. He went after Michael Jackson so hard. Like, yo, this motherfucker dressing like Captain Crunch, showing up to court twenty minutes late. I mean, again, when you're the world's greatest, you can do whatever you want. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> what do you How got? you doing, Mateo? Oh, good. What do you, What do you got for us this week? I you were talking about like in the text. But going over your notes to review stuff. So what'd you pull out of your ass this week? Well, not out of your ass, but in general, on your archives. One of my holes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I've got two stories, at least off the top of my head. I don't know if you have anything that you want me to get in the can. I do not. I was leaving this all to you. So what do you got story-wise one? All right. So story one, we will start with... <sighs> we'll take the... Let's do the mute girl. Have I told you about the mute girl? No, you have not. You mean the hard right. of hearing or hard of speaking? Hard of speaking, total like board, like not totally, but borderline nonverbal. Okay, so is it? Do you know if it's a voice box situation or neurological? 
Uh, I think it's just a drug slash being a fucking weirdo slash like probably having a lifetime of horrendous, horrendous abuse. Probably. Okay. That's a good yeah. place to start with. To start out. Yeah. To start out with some levity. Um, so there, uh, so there's the deadhead bar we always hang out at. Yeah. Uh, it's been mentioned many times in the show. Yes, we have. Um, there isn't there was an affiliated bar that has, uh, mysteriously since, uh, burned down. And uh, yeah, guy who owns um, we it. don't know what that is if you watch Goodfellas. Exactly. Yeah, th- this dude for sure burned that son of a bitch down, and then just opened up another bar within like two months. So it's like he was like already scouting properties and shit. Very very shady man who actually had some bad boy allegations against him. Uh, and yeah, fuck him. And yeah, the the uh, the deadhead bar that we fuck with that that has been shut down because it was a haven for debauchery. It was and like illicit activity. Enough, um, enough so it's been in the papers documented. So that's already, if it's that public, the whole city knows. Exactly. Um, and so uh, at the affiliated bar, it was a slightly bigger space that um, was more like a venue where they would have like live music every night. Okay. Um, and so uh, it, it starts at the other deadhead, at the original deadhead bar, though. Um, so there's this girl, <clears throat> probably the most pathetic creature i've ever met in my life so like, she's a golem schmeagle type exactly like yeah exactly where it's like your soul has been just ravaged yeah um and so there's uh like she had been eyeballing me a couple of nights like leading up to this this one night i'm about to speak about um just kind of like interested but like non-verbal so she's not going to communicate or anything and it's like also i'm in a relationship so get out of here that doesn't mean um, anything in this day and age it's that's very 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 true yeah people yeah we've had people like ask to watch us have sex and it's like no uh we're good on that and it's like that's such a bizarre thing to say to somebody where it's like like where did you think that was gonna go Uh, i don't know i mean their head yes in their head they were expecting a yes they probably yeah they were they were it's like a kind of like a (laughs) but i want it and it's like nobody gives a fuck what you want um and so this girl uh there again and she would always get wasted and there was no way that she wasn't on like meth and some other shit okay um because her skin her skin was so jacked up um, no it could be that or she didn't shower either way actually it was both because yeah Yeah. she had filthy hygiene that's what i was Um, thinking yeah yeah her clothes were dirty she smelled like shit skin was oily hair was like fucking greasy um and so she uh yeah there's these like she you know she's interested or whatever but never like actually approaches and then there's one night me and the the former gay friend well he's still gay but he's a former yeah, he, friend. he's not formally <laughs> gay but he's a former friend <laughs> he'll always be gay but he'll never be my friend again yeah um he, we, 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 the uh, audience got that this at uh, this point <laughs> mm-hmm. so we were uh smoking outside and uh the the bar itself is uh located right next to a police station and it's kind of like this like yeah there's like this unspoken arrangement between the police and then that bar to as long as you are keeping a low profile, you could pretty much do whatever you want there. Like the like if you're smoking, like we used to be like bringing out pipes and shit and just be smoking it out there. And the cops would just like drive by because it's like they don't, they're not interested in, in wasting their own time and like, they you know, have just better just fish to fry. Precisely. Um, and so uh, that girl comes out uh, and it's like that's, that's around the corner. And then behind the, if you keep going around the corner, there's a parking lot. And so that girl comes out, and then there's these two big, fat, fat, fat fucks 
uh, who were like walking with her. And like, there was just, I just had a very bad feeling when I saw that. Okay. And so we're like hanging still. And I'm like, kind of, I keep kind of like glancing around the corner and we're both like uncomfortable. And it's like, You're like it two just fat didn't... guys in a motorcycle from the Simpsons. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, on a bunch of Coke. Yeah. And so they, um, they go into the car and like they're they're in there for a while and it just it's just like something doesn't feel right and so like a few minutes pass yeah exactly so a few minutes pass and then i'm like i'm going over there and my friend's like don't like just i don't know and then i'm like yeah i'm gonna go check on it so then i go over there and i just open up the door because like it just didn't look right um and because it's like it was these two fat fucks uh on on like the window seats and then she's in the middle and it's like, there's no way of like, getting around those fat, fat, fat fucks. And so then I went uh, and I went over and I opened up the car door, like kind of just being like, hey, Buster, let me see those hands. And so uh, the second I opened the door, she shot up and sprinted out of like she lunged out of the car and then like hooked my arm. And then like I like I'm like basically like walking with her arm in arm, uh, like to walk her back inside. And I was basically like, are you OK? And she was like she gave like a vague like head nod. And then I was like, was something bad happening just now? And then she gave like a, a more definitive, like, yes, something bad was happening. But again, no words are being exchanged. And so then I walk her inside. She clings to me for the rest of the night. I see these two fat fucks come back inside and they are like, are like avoiding eye contact with me because they know that it's like whatever had happened. Like they know that I at least know somewhat about it. And so uh, she clings to me all night and we part ways. And I'm basically like, you know, be careful out there, brother. And so she, uh, we, I don't see her for a little while. Um, and that, that is her MO is like just being super fucked up and constantly in a state of like heightened vulnerability. Okay. Um, and so, so, uh, I see her at the other place. That's like the bigger venue kind of space. And I'm like sitting in a, and I don't remember what she looks like. Cause she's immensely forgettable. And she they had these, like uh, she would be actually to me even. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it was, it, it's just like very pathetic, like very like low, low soul. Yeah, but um, so she walks uh, or uh, I'm at that other bar and they have like these like comfy, you know, like those old school comfy couches where it's like they're ugly as hell, but it's like so soft and good and yeah, comfy like the and sexy big. stuff. Exactly. Um, so she, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like fucking wasted, and I'm watching the band having a great time just to myself, the love of my life. And then all of a sudden she comes up and she stands right near me, but she doesn't say hi or anything. She just says hovering over me. And I, like, look up at her, and then I'm, like, uncomfortable. So I, you know, divert my attention back to the stage. A few minutes pass. I look up again. She's still just staring at me. And then um, I was like, hi. And then she leaned forward, and this is the first time I had heard her speak. And she goes, me sing, me. Wait, 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 can you repeat what she said? She was like, me sing, me. And I was like, what? And she was like, me sing, me. And I was like, what What do you mean? What are you saying? And then she was, what she was saying was, you saved me, uh, referring to, like, the car incident. And so I was like, okie dokie. How'd and you, so how'd she you just, put that together? I, I couldn't, like... Because, because uh, like, it just... I, I could just tell. Because then, once once she said that, like, a second time, I was I, I was understanding what she was saying, and I remembered who she was. And am I a hero? <laughs> Definitely. But, you know, so I don't think of myself that way. So she... um Yeah, so that, that was what she was coming up and saying, and then she was just lingering uh, with me. And I was like... She was, she was like my shadow for the rest of the night. Like she would follow me everywhere and not say anything. It was very uncomfortable stuff. And so then um, she ends up uh, following me out of the uh, bar. And, and uh, the gay friend and this uh, fucking 
piece of shit guy that he was hanging with. We all get in his car and they're going to give us a ride home. And it is a hor- like horrible, horrible snowstorm. That's like it was like up to our waist, like high. And it was just like the streets were just completely frozen. And so they're dropping me off first. And she hops into our car. Nobody invited her. Um, she just jumps in of her own volition. Uh, and it was funny because we were supposed to give somebody else a ride that night. And like that guy ended up getting like kind of shunted out of the car. So he uh, so we're all driving and like they and I'm like to these guys, I'm like, yo, like this girl is fucking weird and crazy and mute. And un- like, I'm, I'm like not feeling this. And so, but somehow she makes, manages her way into the car. And so they're dropping me off first. Uh, and it's like, you know, so they're like, Rusty, you live on Downing, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And so then they, everybody, we all keep making eye contact through the mirrors, kind of being like, what about this girl? Like, what are we going to do? And so then they're like, hey, where do you live? And then she just sh- shook her head, yes. And then uh, they're like, what do you, where do you live? Like, where do you need to be dropped off? And then she like pointed to me. And then they were like, you live on downing and she's like and she gets like a head nod yes and so then i'm it's like i know she doesn't live on downing she's probably homeless and so like we they end up pulling the car over i step into a deep trench that was just soaking my feet um and then she follows me to my apartment because i'm basically like where are you like i can walk you back to wherever you're staying knowing that she's not staying anywhere and so then um she just like shrugs her shoulders and i was like okay well i have to go home now and so then I start walking, and she's still following me. And I'm like, uh, at the time we weren't married, I'm like, I have a girlfriend who lives at home, and so, you know, that's, like, just not going to be cool. But it's, like, so frozen out there, and she's so pathetic that I feel guilty and, like, bad somehow, even though you shouldn't. I'm she, a goddamn she, she hero. She inflicted herself onto you. Exactly. Yeah, it was like, she was, like, such a curse. Like, she was such a fucking snail. Um, and so she follows me into my apartment, Um and it's like, I was like, okay, like, I can let you stay here. Don't steal any shit. Um, and like, I would you just know, be watching like, her like a hawk if I was you. Like, I'm not I using know. the bathroom. Like, you were not. Exactly. Like, yeah. And you know, and you know, the uh, fucking, like, our, our bathroom setup was like the bathroom is in the bedroom. Yeah. And it was a single, it was a like, yeah. single apartment. Um, yeah. And so, like, my, my partner is sleeping and um, the girl just goes in to use the bathroom and she, like, and I also told her, I was like, go into the bathroom and then close the door and turn the light on. Because otherwise, the, the room gets totally illuminated. Yeah. Um, so she just fucking goes in there like, oh, idiot. And she just uh, turns the lights on. And, like, my partner just, like, shoots awake. And there's this random, disgusting girl standing in our bathroom. And, like, she's, like, shocked and shit. So then I can't remember what she said um, to my partner. But she, what she said, like, a she said, like, shit out loud like she said complete sentences out loud in a normal tone so it's like i feel like she was working a mute gimmick which is like what do you are you just trying to be like the most pathetic person it's, i guess um, it's a con thing for her like a, con, like a way how she like cons people yeah especially yeah men too especially yeah, like yeah. just kind of being like the you know perpetual damsel in distress um and so she fucking uh so i'm like embarrassed and uh and i'm like i i if i was if i was my partner i would murder me i would um, too so and she yeah, she was super super cool about it um but so the girl goes in the bathroom and then like you know my partner's just like uh what the fuck like what the fuck is going on here what the fuck is that and i'm like uh i was like and like the girl it's like the door is like super thin and you can hear everything in the bedroom so she heard all of this 
And I'm like, basically, she's the most pathetic creature like I've ever met in my life. Like, she's super pathetic, and she just latched onto me. Like, I don't know how to get rid of her, but it's so cold out, I can't cast her out. And so, uh, Busty is just like, we will talk tomorrow. Uh, again, she's very cool about it the next day. So this dirtbag girl, like, fucking, uh, so, like, I walk her out, and I'm, like, setting her up uh, to sleep on our couch. Uh, and I was like, you know, like, I, I say sorry about that, even though I'm not sorry at all, and it's not my fault. Um, but then she was like, oh, it's okay. You told me you had a roommate. And it's like, I did not say I had a roommate. I said I have a girlfriend. Like, that's that's what I said. So she ended up sleeping over. She uh, The stuff that she slept on ended up smelling like really cheap, disgusting cigarettes and like a shitty perfume. Um, okay. And so she and, and, and she left in the morning. Um, and so uh, we don't see her for a while. And then, like, I start seeing her again popping up, and she's, like, looking even worse and, like, more methed out. And uh, she would just be, like, hyper-focused on me and then, like, by proxy, my partner, um, and just, like, staring at you while dancing. But it's like she wasn't dancing to the music. She was just kind of, like, doing, like, really jerky robotic motions, but focused on us. And so very, very spooky stuff. That girl is probably dead now. She probably is. This is before COVID or mid-COVID? This was uh, before COVID. Yeah, she's probably dead. Absolutely. There was no chance. Like, she, there was no way that somebody like that has a long, like, long shelf life. No fucking No, way. especially during a global pandemic. Mm-mm. And, yeah, just very, very pathetic. And so also, it's like, what are you doing just following a dude home? Like, it's kind of dangerous. could happen. For very dangerous. Yeah, for a woman, at least. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, really, for anybody, but especially a woman, and especially that woman. She was a very weak, weak spirit. But yeah, that's the that's that one. Moving on to story two, what you got? What you got? So we got. Um, did I ever tell you about the uh, quote unquote uh, vineyard that uh, Busty and I visited in <laughs> no, Hawthorne, you... New Jersey? <laughs> no, you didn't. But I can assume this is really funny. <laughs> Have you been to Hawthorne, New Jersey? Once or twice. Yeah. Why? Not known for its, uh, you know, vast fields or anything like no, that. It's a pretty exactly. shitty, yeah, a pretty shitty area, shitty urban area. Yeah. Um, so we buy. Um, uh, have you heard of Living so- uh, Living Social? No. What is it? It's like a Groupon kind of thing where you can like buy an experience. Um, you know, like whatever, like stupid tours and shit like oh, that. Oh, it's kind of like an app, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I have heard of it. I just didn't know the name of it. So we we had just heard about that and we're like, okay, dokie. And now, uh, what we grew to learn was that everything that's uh, posted on there is the always awful. a bait and switch. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. They oh, they oversell you on everything. And it'll be like, you know, like, visit our expansive blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this is a room. Um, the only time I actually was successful in there was Art Gallery exhibit. That was really worth it. Yeah, yeah. There is some good shit there, like, peppered in. But it's, like, so much. So Garbage. much people just trying to, like, pull one over. Yeah. Um, so we see a, uh, and this is our first deal. Cause like, so, uh, bust my wife, busty had heard of, uh, the living social app and it was recommended and we're like, okay, like that's cool. And we're, we're peeping out and it's like, we don't know that it's all bullshit. Uh, so it's very exciting prospect. We see a, uh, tour of the vineyard and we're like, that sounds really cute. That sounds like a very quaint, coupley, romantic thing to do. Um, and so we book it and it is in Hawthorne, New Jersey. Um, I cannot remember the man's name who was running it, but when we're pulling up, we're it's like the GPS is taking us down an alley um, towards this incredibly sketchy-looking garage. Uh, and so it's like, this can't be it. This cannot be it. 
Uh, and then we see a, a handwritten sign outside that just said, uh, I, don't, I probably shouldn't say the business name, although they have changed their name. Okay, whatever. Actually, fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. so we just see a sign that says the winemaker's cellar. <laughs> and it's like, are you kidding me? Like, this is supposed to be, a, and it's like, I know deep down inside that there's no vineyard. There's no fields in Hawthorne. No, no, he's doing, and, the guy's getting grapes from the store and making them in barrels and making wine for out of them. Exactly. Um, and so this fucking motherfucker uh, is like, he's, he's, you know, pulling one over on everybody. And it's like, can't blame the guy for trying to hustle, but it's like, I don't know, man. Um, so we get in there and it's like, uh, the people that are there are all white trash. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's it's a guarantee they would be. The guy, um, he is about four foot nada with his uh, guinea, little guinea. Yeah, no, I, I he, picture his name is like Gagugugats or like... Yeah, uh, precisely. Yeah. I feel like you've been there already. Yeah, I haven't, <laughs> but I, I can picture it. We actually, next time I'm on the East Coast, we should do that. Uh, yeah, we should, we, yeah, should do, we should there, go it's there. The tack, it's the tag. It's, Mateo, you will love it. It's so tacky. I, I, I um, hate and, wine, though. I really don't like wine. Really? I really don't. If, like white and red, you don't like either? I only like Prosecco or Champagne. Well, I love a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. Um. So uh, so we get inside, and it's like there's like a check-in, and they have like a, a coat check. And it's like just basically like a plastic table that's behind another plastic table that they throw your clothes on. It's like, I'll, I'll keep my coat. Yeah, you'll uh, keep it. They but probably go fucking your pockets. Go. I was just about to say, yeah, they definitely did that. They were like trying to maximize as, as like bring you out for every dime you're worth. Um, and so he's also got this fucking statuesque bimbo wife. Uh, How tall does the uh, wife look like? She's way taller than him. That's like, really she's depressing. Probably, that is a depressing sight. It's incredible. Yeah, but it's like, you know what, buddy? Good for you. Yeah. And she was an idiot. She was like one of the dumbest people I've ever met in my life. And so like, there, it's like two of them are like, it just seems like two people who know nothing about wine trying to make a book. And so um, we, we go in and it's like, it's a garage. It is a place where cars were worked on. That then has a bunch of wine barrels in it, um, and then uh, and it's all in plastic uh, fucking containers, not like the wood barrels. Yeah, no, I, so, I I was picturing in my head for some reason like an oil drum, like a metal oil drum filled with wine. Yeah, I mean it, it's like one step above having it in just a fucking bathtub out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so uh, so yeah, we're supposed to get a tour of this fucking vineyard, and it's not a vineyard; it's a garage, and so. Uh, Instead of like, because it was also supposed to be like a class on like how to drink and consume wine, and this fucking little guinea, uh, <laughs> the little guinea, on a, he he has a PowerPoint presentation that is like straight out of two thousand and two. What year was this? So what year was this? This was in two thousand thirteen. <laughs> Ten years behind. Way behind, more than ten years behind, and that's honestly being generous. Okay. And it's like, it's like literally like the text, like the templates that they give you already. Like absolutely no creativity went into this. I, I and he's like giving us, he's giving us the history of of wine, <laughs> but he knows nothing. Yes. He knows absolutely nothing okay, about so wine. Okay, so this is how the vineyard we're gonna stop on the fucking grapes. <laughs> Let me exactly. mind you, so, if you're distracted by the fact that it looked like Danny DeVito, ignore it. <laughs> he, he was a skinny DeVito, to be sure. Um, and so he 
he's going through this presentation and it's like giving us this bullshit history where it's like, uh. oh, you know, the Greeks used to fucking jack off and jack off and then they drink wine. And um, then he's uh, he starts going into, do you know what tannins are? No. Tannins is, uh, it's mostly present in um, red wine. And so like tannins is like what gives it the, like gives it like a rustic or not a rustic, a uh, like kind of lends to the flavor profile. I feel like it comes from the skin of the grapes. Probably does. So, I, I took a college course on wine, so I vaguely remember it. The skin gives some like stuff to it. It's like special. So he, he he is talking tannins for like forever, and then but he's not saying anything new. He just keeps repeating the points, and he's just like, yeah, you know, you get uh, you know when you get tan, it's a wine comes, wine has tannins in it, and so when you drink the wine, you get that's where you get that tannin taste, and it's like you cannot define something. By also using that word, just no, being that, like, that's, eh. poor, that's poor writing skills. Yeah, you know, it's like hey, you know, it's crunch, it's crunchy because it's a crunchy thing. It's like okie dokie. Um, and so he's going, uh, so he starts like going through these, and then there's also there's randomly pictures of his like pseudo babe wife, um, peppered throughout. There's like a picture of her holding a basket full of grapes and like all this other crap, and it's like, why is that in here? <laughs> what was and your partner so, thinking about this situation? We are both like we both knew immediately upon walking in that this was going to be a shit show. But it was like we were. <laughs> I always stay for a shit show. I always do. Absolutely, yeah. We, you and we should definitely do some more we performative should. stuff. We should. We, we really should. But so, um, uh, yeah, we both know, and it's like when he's doing the PowerPoint. Well, right when he started the PowerPoint presentation, like you know when you uh, are laughing about something in public, and it's like you try to keep your composure, but that just makes it even harder. Yes. I was biting my hand, like, just trying not to burst out laughing at this fucking loser, guinea piece of shit, <laughs> pretending he knows anything about anything. Did you lose Tri's wine? Oh, yeah. Um, and honestly, Mateo, it's the worst wine I've ever had I, in my I, life. It you was... know it would be. You know, like, can I buy a bottle just to prank my father and grandfather? You should top yeah, shelf yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, that that's that just came into my head. I was like, oh, I, I just think of a person you really like or a person you really hate, and both give them the same bottle. <laughs> this guy. And yeah, we we ended up leaving with a bunch of bottles of it because they it was like that was like part of the like it was included. Oh, how many it bottles was, did you get? Uh, we got six. Okay, that's which reasonable. actually surprised uh, uh, which actually lasted us a very long time. Yeah, because it sucking uh, socks. It's it, yeah, exactly, and it was like <laughs> literally a, a last resort thing. It actually had like just chunks of grapes at the bottom like it was like some not... no, some some wines do have that some wines do some wines do but this was be this was not as, as a you know choice a design choice this was because they're lazy and they don't know how to make wine yeah um and so yeah he just is like uh, you know here's adriana like uh, doing uh, this and that and this is adriana in greece eh. and it's like was that, was that what his bitch's name was yeah okay his bench, uh, yeah. So he, uh, yeah, and he's. It's like most of the presentation is his wife, and it's like that. It's like, dude, we get it. You, you married up, technically speaking, physically. Yeah, physically. But like this woman was a complete airhead, um, and so he's got all these pictures, um, and then he's uh, talking about like the different ways of storing the wine. It's like, like a lot of people, and he he goes on about this forever. And he's like, you could use plastic, but um, like a lot of people prefer to use these like wood. You can use oak, you can use this and that, and that's going to lend to the flavor profile. It's going to add the tannins. And he just keeps saying tannins, and every time he says tannins, it is even harder to keep it in. <laughs> Look, I am right now. It's tannins. 
tannins. And yeah, it's just like out of nowhere, just like tannins. And he, that's exactly what his voice sounds like, too. Look at you, um, Polly so like, from the Sopranos. Yeah, the tannins. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> so he's, um, yeah, so he's like, talk, he's going on and on about like the wood, like all the benefits of, of like storing it in wood and like, you know, like how nice that is and then the things you can do with the wood after it like when you're done with it you can use it for like smoking and like mesquite shit um and so then he goes yeah but we just use plastic and he slapped like there's like a big old plastic container next to him and he slaps it on the side and it's like yeah nope we could tell like it looked like <laughs> it just looked like a bunch of chemicals like and that's pretty much what it was it was a bunch of like unrefined chemicals Ugh. um so i am absolutely losing my shit at this point and it's very hard to do that yeah. and uh busty is like smacking me on the leg just basically being like rain it in brother and so she um so then he's finally fucking done with this presentation it's like i don't even know if i could stay in the room anymore how long was the presentation like 20 minutes the the presentation was probably about 35 minutes 40 damn minutes. but like feels like two hours <laughs> yeah it went on for an eternity and then yeah it was just like i just want a like a, an outlet for this laughter right now like i just want to go and like let it out and then i'll compose myself i, I couldn't keep it in i couldn't no, I know you would not be able to. Your fa- you would be beat red, and like, yeah, it would just be a brutal, brutal watch. I need, to, um, do, I need yeah. to try with you sometime though. If this guy's still running this shit, we definitely need to go here because you you're gonna when you see this little fucking day go, <laughs> you are gonna love it. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so he wraps up his bullshit ass presentation, and they have a uh, you know what goes good with wine? Yeah, charcuterie board, charcuterie for tannins. And so he um his uh, they have all these cheeses out. And like, uh, Busty's trying one, and she's a big cheese head. And so she, uh, is, she's like loving the cheese, and she's like, "Oh, like this is really good. Where did you get it? And what is it?" And so then, uh, the dude's fucking wife, Adriana, she goes over to the garbage can, and she just picks up the wrapper that the uh, fucking cheese was in, like pulls it straight out of the trash, brings it over to us, and it has them like, man, you know, the manager's special where it's like this shit's about to expire. Yeah, I knew where it was going. I was gonna yeah. make a really crude joke. Yeah, it was made from her breast milk. Oh, uh, oh yeah, that would be some fetid milk. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she comes over and she shows us that it's like, and she was like, oh, and it was like only like a dollar fifty, and it's like a dollar fifty for goat cheese is not a good deal. No, it's not. It's like, that is not good goat cheese. No, it's not. And so, yeah, we're just, like, blown away by just how unbelievably tacky the whole thing is. And then he's got this guy, I guess he worked there, I guess. He is a big, fat fucking Dago. Okay. And he's, like, he keeps, uh, he, he's saying that his, he makes Moscato. Like, that's his thing. But he's not calling it Moscato. He keeps calling it Moscots. Moscots? Like, uh, and, yeah, and he's, like, talking about how people, oh, man, people in uh, California can't you love believe, the like, I'm Moscot. You know, like, my they say my scots, my scots are the scottiest. John Travolta, oh my god! Exactly, fat Travolta, yep. regular Travolta. Um, so yeah, he's just fucking going on and on, being like, um, you know, people, everybody goes crazy for my scots. It was swill as well. Yeah, fucking loser. Uh, the whole <laughs> All operation. Three of them are fucking losers. They really are. And then the other people in our group are fucking losers too. Like they were all into it. And it's like. Do you have any idea how white trash all of this is? Like, it's like I'm staying for the performance aspect <laughs> yeah, of this. So would I. Like, I would have otherwise like walked out, but it was like it just was too funny to leave. <laughs> I know. 
know, I know. You know, we never told a story about Big Mama's house or what? What was it called? Country like buffet? Oh, you know, we told the Grandpa Country buffet. Okay, I, I always picture in my head is called Big Mama's Cookout House. That's actually a great name. The other, fun right of uh, the Martin Lawrence film. Yeah, no, but um, it's not. But go back to your wine tannin story. Tannins. And, you know, that's, you know, the tannins are going to give it that, you know, tannin flavor. And it's like, we do not know what tannins are. Like, you're supposed to be explaining it. You're supposed to know something. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, so the fucking, and the, we have to just sit there and schmooze with all these people. It is, brutal. like, really brutal. And, yeah, we ended up leaving uh, with the with the six bottles of wine that lasted us, like, two years. Well, and alcohol um, never goes bad. No, exactly. And I was hoping that it would get better over time. It did not. <laughs> You and have, the bottles, did you, did you too. have to pay for the bottles? Hell fucking no. <laughs> Fuck no. No they're, way. They were complimentary. That's good. That's the lesson Yeah, no, we were, we were doing them a favor by taking it off their hands. It's like, hey, you guys throw this out for us, please. Thank you. And and hit the lights on the way out. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we, yeah, like, whenever we were tripping, we would drink that wine, and there was something satisfying about the grittiness of the grapes being present, but it was just... An absolutely butch, uh, butchered like fucking item. Yeah, then we ended up, uh, we, it's pretty obvious it would be. Yeah, and we ended up fucking um, getting our money back and like just like writing like the most scathing fucking like review about it. Just because it's like it's like you said we were getting a tour of a vineyard. What we had was a bunch of plastic barrels with swill in it in a garage at Hawthorne. No foliage to be found anywhere. And it was just such a bait and switch, but yeah, we got our money back. We ended up doing some other better shit with that money, but uh, yeah, that's. I want to know how much and, was it? How much was it? How much was it? It was ninety nine dollars, and that included uh, the charcuterie experience, <laughs> six bottles of wine, and the uh, tour of their esteemed uh, vineyard. Yeah, and how dare you say the word vineyard? vineyard. Yeah. Oh, you should just say it's a wine cellar. Exactly. Now they uh, they changed their name and it's called. Uh, I don't care. We're gonna say it. We need to know what the people need to know. Yeah, this fuck them. Now it's now it's called Come Make Wine with Us. Okay. How gonna, bad? Yeah, is that that's name? pretty bad. That's a really bad, not catchy name. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, it's a thing. Um, did I ever tell you about the poster party that I went to? No, no, you have not. All right. So there's uh, I, what are your thoughts on uh, crust punks as a culture? I'm not against them, but I'm not like into it either. I love punk rock, but I feel like it's the lower tier of the punk sub subgenres, especially in the year of 2023 about to be. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, 90s, yeah. 90s, 80s, fine. This day and age, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, it, it's almost like it's like a fetishization of being a dirtbag. Exactly. Uh, no, that's exactly how I view it, but I could never articulate it like that. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, and I, I also find that most crust punks have trust funds so they're really more like trust punks no no I, that's a common known fact very common it's like so bizarre and it's like you know it's fine to have affluence it's fine to have resources and wealth but it's like don't like pretend don't throw yourself into the into the poor person gimmick just to work it as a gimmick because it's like you still have your parents really nice house to fall back on yeah and that's why we do it as like i'll do it while i'm young while i can Exactly. So then, uh, so I go to this party. It was a guy that I worked with. Uh, fucking hate this motherfucker. He's a big old tool. But it was a, the party seemed like kind of cool at first. But yeah, it was a poser party. 
all of them like to talk about like they, they like to like you know mention genres of music you've never heard of and then bands you've never heard of and just be like fucking assholes um and they're all full of shit and so i get there and um uh they're, they're doing like a show or whatever like they're playing shitty music and uh a bunch of people at some point um show up on acid mm. um it's like a big group and like they're all tripping really, really hard. I can tell. And I think so, Flo was also pretty aggressive too, the way they were tripping. Ultimately, it was very aggressive. So then, um, uh, I'm in the kitchen, and like I just see this guy's like so distraught, and he's like upset, and he's like, you know, and that's the only thing I care about in this world. And I'm like, oh, like what's wrong? And he's like, I, uh, like, you know, my friend stole my sunglasses and they're the only thing in the universe that I care about. It was like, okay. I was like, is your friend here? And he was like, yeah, he's in the other room over there. And I'm like, okay, I will, uh, I'll go see if I can get you your glasses. Cause I don't know. So, you know, sometimes it's nice to help. And so I go I out tell there. It's a mistake. Always a mistake. I do not help anybody now for many reasons, but yeah, there is. Uh, it, just yeah, don't do it. Yourself, Mind st- your stick to yourself, people. Stick to yourself. Yeah, st- yeah, stick to the plan. So then, um, I go out into the living room, uh, and I just see this fucking dude who's got a. Uh, it's like this patchwork quilted, like trench coat thing. That's pretty badass. Would have looked better on me, but whatever. Me. Let him have it. And he's uh, yeah, you would pull it off very well. Um, and so he's standing like with his uh, one foot up, like on like a stool or something oh, yeah, like he's that. He's a like, fucking pirate of the seven seas. Exactly. It's very Captain Morgan, very Admiral Nelson, or Johnny uh, Depp and Jack Sparrow. Oh yes, the good boy Johnny Depp. Um, and so I see him, and he's got the sunglasses on, and I'm just like, uh, "This has got to be the guy." And so then I walk up, and I'm like, "Hey, man! Like, I just met your friend in there, and..." Uh, you know, he's like really upset or whatever, like in the strut, he wants his sunglasses back. And then the guy just looks at me and he goes, uh, sorry, these are the only thing in the universe that I want. And it's like, damn, these are some sunglasses. But it's like hilarious that they both were like, this is it. This is if I could have one thing in this entire universe, it's these cheap glasses. And so he's basically like, no, I'm not going to do that. This is very petty back. on both their ends. Absolutely. Then I go back and I'm basically like, yeah, dude, that, that is, that's not happening like that. And he was like, then that guy ended up, uh, he was like tearing up. And so then he like just went out back and never saw him again for the rest of the night. They had one friend though there that uh, he was like, his name was Wyatt. Oh yeah, yeah. you told me the story. He's having breaking shit. He, yeah. He fucking had the longest hair like down his back. Very like Encino man. And then um, he, like the uh, band's playing and it's like, the, it's a noise complaint uh, comes in from one of the neighbors being like, yeah, we will call the cops if you guys don't stop playing your shitty, shitty music. And so then, like, everybody makes, somebody makes an announcement being like, everybody keep it down, we gotta, like, shut it off. And so then this guy, Wyatt, just, like, walks up and just starts uh, breaking shit. Like, he's breaking glasses and he's, like, throwing shit against the wall. And then he grabs the guitar and, uh, like, he grabs the guitar in such a way that it's, like, when he touches it, it's making noise. And then he brings it close to the amp. And so it's, like, just horrible horrible feedback and he's freaking the fuck out and then um everybody's like wyatt wyatt calm down the neighbors like the neighbors said that we have to keep it down and then he just was like frozen in place and he was staring with this like fucking psycho look in his eyes and then he just turned his head with his hair hanging down and like in front of his eyes and he was like fuck them and uh he ended up getting boosted from there like somebody ended up like fucking grabbing him and tossing him out but it was it's just one of those things where like 
when you're not in a public place, like if it's at somebody's house, it's like there's no staff. Like there's nobody. Yeah, that's to... why I don't like doing public events at my place. Like, and people do it all the time. Like, no, you don't know who's gonna come mm-hmm. in, and you don't know who's gonna like be problematic to who. That's why it's I learned fine. the lesson the hard way. Do it at a fucking venue where the cops can intervene easier, really, than private property. Absolutely, absolutely, and especially yeah, when it's when it's your private property too. It's like any illicit activity that's going on there. It's, it's like your you, problem that by up. law in a lot of states. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so they ended up like getting fucking boosted and it was, uh, it was a fucking ridiculous story. But, um, yeah, there was this other fucking toolbox there who, uh, was very clearly trying to ape Jack White's style. Like, and then he kept which talking one? Jack about Jack White has several White. styles, but like, which one in particular? Um, from his solo projects. Uh, okay. I, I do like those one that style his best. Yeah. It's like, like a very folky look. Yeah. And bl- uh, bl- like black but- and red colors. Exactly, exact. That's exactly what he was wearing. And then, like a little, like fedora, like an old school fedora with the full brim, not the yeah, like the back yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that motherfucker is like he just keeps, and it's like also really tacky to try to be going for somebody else's look and then talk about that person as if to oh, like. Oh yeah, try to I, know, I, don't, like, I, I used to do as a teenager, gone girl. But I don't. I own stuff now. Yeah, to like to elicit the uh, the correlation. Have somebody say that shit about you? Yeah. Uh, and so he fucking, uh, yeah, he's like talking to me and he's like talking about how, cause I, I said, you know, it's like, I like comedy, like I do comedy, but it's like, I'm not really like actively doing that. And then he's just going on and on being like, you need to focus on your craft. You need to like dedicate to your art, blah, 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 blah. And he keeps talking about fucking, uh, yeah. keeps talking about Jack White and, uh, he just looks like a fucking jabroni. Good. And then he tried, like, he tried to like hook up with this girl. And uh, she slapped the shit out of him in, in his b- penis in front of everybody on the peck of wood. <laughs> that that was the thing. Oh my god! I'm gonna slap you straight in your penis, Chris. The- oh god! You know I hate. Are you still watching Family Guy? No, I, I've I've given it up completely. I hate it at this point. When was the last time you watched it? Like five years ago. No way. I've, I've we've been chatting it up, and I've heard you listening to it. Only when it's on TV, and I, like that's rare. I barely watch. I barely watch cable anymore. I just like feel like cable is an oppression, making you sit to their schedule. I rather stream what I want to watch on my time. Absolutely, exactly. I can go fucking take my dumps if I want to. I exactly. Yes. I know. I know your dumps. I like. Do you remember that time when you? Or do you remember when you used to take screaming dumps? Yeah. That was a lot to be around. Because I used Again, to have a have horrible the, diarrhea of it in one giant long turd. It was like really yeah. big, like a man's cock, and then like and then like a turd back to diarrhea. The bitty B, uh, BBC there, BBC. Yeah, it kind of they, is. It's uh, a brown, big black snake. Yeah, like our bathroom being in our bedroom, uh, there was like just one time, uh, Busty and I were just sitting in our bed, and like you went in there. Like, you burst through the door. Like, it was very Kramer from Seinfeld. Uh, and then you just went, beelined it right to the bathroom. And you just sat down, and you were just howling about this dump. Like, you were just screaming. Be like, wow, oh, wow, oh, oh, so good, so good. It was uh, uncomfortable stuff. But you're, you're a hell of a house guest. You yes. make an impression. Yes, I do. Do you have any more to add about your why you be breaking shit? Uh, no, I do not. Well, everyone, this has been... Um... This another edition with uh, Lettuce Beauty. It's hosted by Matteo Pascali with recurring Lettuce Beauty. It's guest Rusty Shackelford. Always an honor to be here. Thank you. Well, everyone, this episode of Lettuce Beauty, it's in particular what you're listening to right now, took me about seven weeks of recording and planning and structuring to put together, and it was worth it. 
as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day, and in the tortoise and the hare of Aesop's Fables, the tortoise won. Slow and steady wins the race. Danger! Danger. Representing no Let Us Be Idiots podcast. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Luby, you be raw, that's a real gig. That's a real gig. But I'ma stay a fool, so let's be idiots. Let's be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. Let us be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. They ask me how I do it, keep them coming with that hot flame. Oh, no. Dang, take the reins, act a fool with my pin pains. Only place I do it is the show that gets the silliest. What? Tired of being stuffy, so I say, let us be idiots. Y'all about to know that I'm the monster with the sick flow. Call me PMS, probably million stacking. No, no, let's go. Drop the lava rocks, burning infinite. Keep these bastards angry, angry bastards, just don't give a like and their ways up, bring the real deal. I feel we too much. Make them all squeal, mohill in my clutch. Make them out and now Ruby lighting it up. Got you saying, well, Lindy, you be raw. That's a real gig. That's a real gig. But I'ma stay a fool, so let's be idiots. Let's be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. Let us be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots.